What's up, everybody? This is Isaac Curry. I want to welcome you to Therapy Thursdays. Tonight, God has a word for you, so I want to welcome you in. Go ahead and pull up a chair if you're in the vehicle. Remain focused. Listen, I know that God has a transformative word for you on this evening or this morning, this afternoon, depending on where you're streaming from. Go ahead and take out some paper, something to write with, something to write on, because what God has for you, I don't want you to miss it. Go ahead, text someone, tag someone, let them know tonight we're dealing with how to process your pain. For a moment, I want to talk from the subject, ouch, that hurt me. Listen. I'm excited about the word and as I've sat in private, allowing God to download and deposit and to make bread fresh, I'm excited that God would allow me to be a vessel that will share with you this word. I know my brother has been dealing with pain uh, several weeks ago and we get to revisit this subject and probably from a different angle. I'm excited because today we have to deal with something that is absolutely necessary. Something that perhaps is impacting your family relationships, your work relationships, your romantic relationships, and even your relationship with yourself. Here is one thing that is true. One thing that is absolutely true is that if you live long enough, you're going to have a personal encounter with pain. Oh, I'm sorry. We're already in it. We're already in it. I don't want to waste any time because God has a word for you. If you live long enough, you're not going to experience a pain from somebody else. No, no, no. If you live long enough, you're going to have a personal encounter with pain. Here's the thing. Many of us know God, but many of us have not experienced God as healer. And because we don't know God as healer, many times we misplace and mishandle that pain. So pain is unavoidable. You're going to experience pain. But if you do not know God as healer, it's a good chance you will misplace and mishandle that pain and the trauma you should have let go and released and given to God because you don't know and trust him as healer, you hold on to it. The only reason we hold on to the pain, the only reason that we hold on to the trauma is because we don't fully trust God with it. And until we encounter God as healer and trust God as healer, then we will keep holding on to the very thing that we should let go. Pain is unavoidable. Somebody say, ouch, that hurt. Type, ouch, that hurt. There are many forms of pain. There is family pain, friendship pain, romantic pain, workplace pain. There is pain uh, that is caused by church. Somebody say church hurt, church pain, church hurt, church pain. But there's also self-inflicted pain. Many of us don't pursue friendships because of pain that we've experienced and pain that has not been addressed. Many of us have commitment issues because of pain that we've experienced in our past. Many of us, we live an isolated life 
because we have experienced a pain that is still present somewhere in our lives. Here is a true statement. I need y'all to come in. I need y'all to pull up a seat because we we're in it. Here is a true statement for many believers, Christians, Bible toting believers for many of us, our singular goal in life has become to experience, has become to experience as little pain as possible. Or let me say it this way. For many Bible toting believers, a singular goal that we have is to avoid experiencing pain by all means necessary. I'm going to say it one more time. For many of us who go to church every week, for many of us who pray the prayers to God, our singular goal is to avoid experiencing pain by any means necessary. And for some of us, we're saying, I don't see the problem with the fact that I want to avoid pain by any means necessary. Because we have developed a philosophy that says, I will not and I do not want to experience pain by any means necessary, that becomes absolutely debilitating to your purpose. You cannot fulfill your calling. You cannot fulfill your purpose. You cannot live a thriving life trying to avoid pain by any means necessary. Come here. Come here. I'm about to set the foundation. When we find ourselves, many times when we try to live a life that avoids pain, What happens is when we find ourselves in a situation that presents a specific pain to us, what we do is we react in a way that insulates and protects us from experiencing it. For those of us, many of us, including myself, what ends up happening is when we find ourselves in a specific situation where a specific pain is presented to us, what we have the tendency to do is insulate and protect ourselves so we don't experience that pain. What are you saying? God? What are you saying? It usually manifests itself in what we call a trigger. When I say we insulate ourselves, So we don't experience that pain. It's manifesting itself in a trigger. Somebody say I'm triggered. Somebody say I'm triggered. Let me say it this way. I want to be clear with you. A trigger is the manifestation of unresolved or unprocessed pain. And so many times we move through life trying to avoid pain. And when we come face to face or in the same arena of a specific pain, we insulate ourselves so that we don't experience that pain, which is what you call a trigger. And when we are triggered, what we are doing is we're insulating ourselves so that we do not experience that familiar pain. What we don't realize is unprocessed and undealt uh, with. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk today. Let me, let, me, let me come to your doorstep. Let me come to your address. Let me pull up. Can I do that for you? Everyone is a child of God. Everyone is spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled until somebody ignores you. 
Everybody's singing in the choir. Everybody's going to church, paying their tithes until somebody raises their voice at you. Until somebody does not respond to your text. Let you text somebody and they and you see the bubbles and then you don't see anything and you don't get a response. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're a Christian until somebody cuts their eyes at you. Oh, you're you're a Christian, you're praying, you're speaking in tongues until you are on the highway and somebody cuts in front of you. Then all of a sudden something comes out of you, something comes over you, you speak in a language that nobody even knows because the language, the cussing that you have have perfected is because you are triggered. They they don't don't want to talk to you. A trigger, somebody say, I'm triggered, I'm triggered, I feel triggered, I feel triggered. A trigger is a habit that you have formed as a response to a pain. Ouch, that hurt me. We all are going to deal with pain. Therefore, it behooves us to know where to place our pain because as long as I'm holding on to my own pain and as long as I am triggered and allowing my trigger watch this to become my default pain plan meaning that I'm going to experience pain but if I allow my trigger to be my pain plan, then what I'm saying is I'm going to keep holding on to this pain and I'm going to deal with it. When I say trigger, you, you want to know what happens when you're triggered? All right. When you're triggered, some of us, we fight, we cuss, we grow silent, we grow distant. Oh, when we're triggered, oh, we scream. We yell, we run away, we get vengeance. Oh, when you are triggered, think about that thing. No, not that thing. Think about that thing. When somebody does that thing, then all of a sudden you go quiet, you go dark, you ain't friends no more. You move into another church, you're moving to a whole nother state. When someone does that thing, because that trigger is your response to pain. Instead of giving the pain to God, I've allowed the pain to become my God. And so when I experience pain, what I do is I have a set of responses that I have in my chest, in my archive. So whenever someone does that specific thing. Oh, I'm not talking about the nine things that you've conquered. I'm talking about that one thing that when that man does not respond the way that you that you need him to or you expect him to, but he responds in a way that reminds you of that past marriage or that past situation or that boss on your job when that boss uh, uh, talks about you or gossips or that boss doesn't hear you out or that boss doesn't give you what you desire. And all of a sudden, I'm triggered. Somebody say, I'm triggered. But I've come here today to talk to you on this live to simply communicate that you need a better pain plan. Oh, oh, I know, I know you're filled with the Spirit of God, but here is the truth. All of us have something in our lives 
that triggers us. And when you are triggered, what you are essentially saying is, this is an unprocessed pain that I have not dealt with. And because I am in the same vicinity with this thing that I don't like, I'm going to fight I'm going to run. I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to do all these things so that I do not encounter that pain. Ouch. That hurt me. How do you respond to that pain that you're going to experience? There is a movie called Us that I know almost everybody has probably seen. One of my favorite movies, I had to watch it again. And the thing about this movie that I love, it's about four members of a family, a husband, a wife, and two children. They are living their best life. And then one day, the husband wants to go to their beachfront property. But see, what he didn't know was that there was pain his wife had experienced that she never talked about. And so he insisted going to their beachfront property that they hadn't been to in a long time. And the entire time his wife is apprehensive about going, they show up to this beachfront property and she is triggered. Somebody say, I'm triggered. He did not know because they had not talked about her pain. And because they had not talked about her pain, he is forced to deal with something his wife never talked about. Because when you don't deal with your pain, you cause yourself to leak on the people that you love. And so the, so the, the, the movie, not the Bible, but the movie shows and it teaches us that while they are at this beachfront property, the powerful thing happens. One, they meet doppelgangers or they meet another family who is identical to this family. But the thing about the doppelgangers is although they are identical to this original family, they're wearing masks. And these, these, these doppelgangers, this second family is designed to try to get them. They are the exact same people, but they're wearing masks. And when you look at them, they look the same. But the thing is, you can see the wounds, the visible wounds, which says that they are the visible representation of what this family is hiding. Ah, it gets better. And so they are trying to kill the original family. They're trying to get them to deal with themselves and to deal with the pain that nobody is talking about. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't disengage. Not only is it the mom who has past wounds that she had not talked about, and because they're at this beachfront property, she is triggered and everyone else is having to deal with it, but the husband also has unprocessed pain that was not made uh, uh, it was not made public until this family showed up at their doorstep the family is the identical is identical to them but when a parent does not deal with their pain properly they run the risk of teaching their children how to deal with their pain by not dealing with it. Because if you continue to watch this movie, Us, you will discover that the daughter and the son, they both have
have things that they have that, that they're dealing with, pain that they're dealing with, wounds that they have, but because mom did not deal with her wounds, because dad did not deal with his pain, then I have been taught not to deal with my pain. And so they all are living a life pretending to be thriving, but they all have pain that has been unprocessed and unaddressed until a situation happens in their life where they are triggered. Somebody say, I am triggered. I'm triggered. The moral of the story is this. Everyone has something that they have not dealt with. Everyone has a dream that they allowed to die. Everyone has something that they're hiding in some shape, form, or fashion. The movie is, is tailored to teach us that everybody has something that they're dealing with. But it behooves you to deal with it before it deals with you. The parents never dealt with their pain. And then something happens where they're triggered. And then everybody has to deal with it. I like that movie because that movie is a good segue into uh, the passage. Not only is this something that we deal with, that I deal with, that I'm sure that my brother deals with, but this is something that in almost any counseling session, any therapy session that we know to be true, is that we live in a society that tries to avoid pain by all and any means necessary. But I promise you, you carry that baggage, you carry that pain everywhere you go. I need to encounter God as healer so I can give God the pain that I, for some reason, keep holding on to. But when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 through 16, what I find absolutely powerful, you've heard us talk about this, this character, King Saul, but he is your poster boy of unprocessed and unconfronted pain. And he shows us how not dealing with your pain will sabotage kingdom relationships. He teaches us how not dealing with your pain will compromise your purpose. When you look at 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 through 16, what is absolutely fundamentally powerful is that he seems to be okay, King Saul until he encounters a man by the name of David. And they, the, the anointing that is on David's life, David's presence alone triggers fear, anger, stress in the life of, of Saul and jealousy. Jealousy, anger, stress. All of these things are triggered when he meets David. David did not come into his life. David wasn't acting prideful. David wasn't trying to take his position as king. David's assignment was to become king after Saul served his tenure as king. But somehow, some way, the fact that David slayed Goliath 
And all of the women of the town are now singing songs about David and not necessarily about Saul. And then all of a sudden, the success in David's life, it caused the Bible teaches us for Saul to have a jealous eye on David. Saul was angry. So much so the next day after he comes from defeating uh, uh, the, the giant, the Bible says that he was distressed. A spirit had distressed him and he tried to kill David. He says, I'm going to pin you to the wall. I'm going to kill you. Why do you want to kill David? Simply because David's success. Watch this. The success of David. It triggered and insecurity in Saul. God anointed David to eventually become the king. But here is the thing. David served Saul. David worked for Saul. All David wanted to do was to develop a friendship with Saul. But somewhere in Saul's life, something was, some pain was undealt with and unprocessed and unconfronted. So, so much so that Saul did not want a relationship with David. He wanted somebody who did not threaten his, his, his success or his own life with their success. I don't want to be friends with David. I can't be friends with David. He's threatening me with his accomplishments. And many times when we have undealt with or unconfronted pain, you can tell by the quality of the relationships we have in our lives. I can point. It's easy to point the when there is a point out when there is pain that has not been dealt with because all you have to do is look at the quality of the relationships in someone's life. Oh, oh, oh. He did not want to be friends with David. Mm -mm. I need people around me that when I talk, I always feel like I'm the smartest. I got to be the smartest, the sharpest one in the group that I roll with. No, no, no. I can't be in a situation where I feel like I'm exposed or that I feel dumb. I, I, I can't be around people who expose the frailty and the insecurities in me. So Saul could not allow David to be in the same space as him because David did the same thing that Saul did, but he did it better. And the fact that he did it better, he didn't want to learn from David. He wanted to avoid David. I need to kill David because David exposes something in me that I do not want to address. I'm trying to talk to somebody. Ouch. I'm hurting. And because Saul had not processed his pain, Whatever happened in his childhood, whatever happened in his life, whatever happened in his family, whatever happened with him growing up, he brought that to the position. He got a promotion, but he could not even live out or enjoy the promotion because there was pain that was undeveloped or unprocessed rather. I'm king, but I cannot even fulfill the calling on my life because I got pain. That is unprocessed. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to. The reason why it's important that we understand the quality of relationships is because the because the way God filters blessings into your life, the way God filters resources into your life 
comes through relationships. And so the, the one thing the devil wants you to do is to sabotage relationships and don't do relationships well. All relationships, not just romantic. I'm talking about workplace. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about strangers. But because I had not dealt with my pain, I can't solve do relationships well. But there is something that I believe we have to receive on today that I believe is relevant. Uh, I believe is in the text. But one thing that is absolutely a couple of things that's absolutely true. There is a certain level of pain that is assigned to every assignment. I need you to write this down. I need you to write this down. There is a certain level of pain that is attached to every assignment. When God gives you an assignment, there is always a certain level of pain that is associated with it. This is this is what the devil doesn't want you to know. This is what we're not talking about in the church. And we need to be able to talk about this more because many of us want the platform, but we don't want the pain that comes with the platform. Many of us want the promotion, but we expect to get the promotion, but not deal with the pain that comes with the promotion. I need you to know that every platform that God gives you, everywhere that God ascends you to, there is a level of pain that comes with it. I posted a, a, a prayer uh, a few weeks ago that went viral, that reached nearly a million people, that had uh, nearly a hundred thousand likes. And people who were blessed by the prayer, they were blessed and they received the prayer. But there was also uh, an amount of people, a certain amount of people who called, called me false prophet, who were in disagreement, who felt like it was taken out of context, and people who said it wasn't biblical. And the natural reaction is to try to delete everybody who disagrees or to try to fight with everybody who has a problem with what you're doing and what you said. But then God simply said, uh-uh, uh, I need you to understand. He reminded me that comes with the platform. See, we want to post, but we don't want the pain that can come potentially with the post. I, I, I try to help. There is a certain level of pain that is assigned to every assignment. This is what God wants us to know. There is a, a certain realm and degree of authority that God has purposed for you, but there's also a certain level of pain that God has assigned to that assignment. Every assignment that God has given you, it's not just an assignment to accomplish. There is also a certain level of pain that comes with the assignment. And if you live a life that tries to avoid pain, then you compromise the assignment. You compromise the purpose. There is always pain associated with every elevation, every promotion, every place that God sends you. This is why when you look at Moses, you look at Joshua, you look at Esther, you look at Paul, you look at Peter, you look at John, you look at Mark. It doesn't matter who you find in the word of God. You have not found one person who did meaningful things 
for the Lord who also did not have to deal with pain. One of the things in your life you're going to have to learn to do is to properly deal with your pain. And I'm here because I want to help you to develop a pain plan. Somebody say, ouch, Ah, that hurt. Ouch, that hurt. You want the leadership position, but your ability to handle disappointment is low. I'm talking to somebody. You want a larger platform, but your problem is you want to please everyone. And the moment you have someone who you can't please, it's debilitating for you. So for people pleasers, promotion isn't promotion. A promotion is painful. It's like a cursing. It hurts. You you want the elevation, but you can't handle when someone says no to you. There is a certain level of pain that is associated with every assignment that God places on your life. Mm. Number two, unprocessed pain will always lead to undeveloped purpose. Unprocessed pain, unconfronted pain will always lead to undeveloped purpose. King Saul had purpose on his life had a calling on his life. But because he was such a people pleaser and he'd much rather make the people on earth happy at the expense of being obedient to God, it compromised what God had told him to do and the calling on his life. When you have pain in your life that you do not and will not and have not dealt with, it will always lead to a purpose that is ultimately undeveloped or underdeveloped. Okay, okay. Third thing, pain will cause you to live at a level that you're not supposed to be living. Pain will cause you, or unprocessed pain, unconfronted pain, will cause you to live at a level that you should not be living. So your question to me is this. Pastor, Isaac, bro, help me to develop a pain plan that you're talking about because my trigger obviously isn't the appropriate plan uh, to my pain. So how do I develop a pain plan that will not compromise my marriage, that will not compromise my promotion, that will not compromise this new job that I'm entering into, that will not continue to sabotage the dating relationships that I enter into because I enter into my dating relationships and I already have these list of things that they cannot and should not do and if they do it and I'm leaving and I'm running and I'm just closing no 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 let me help you to develop a pain plan there's so much that I can tell you but I'm going to give you a couple of things so I can bid you a good evening or good morning good afternoon one thing I want you to know is pain should not become your substitute messiah pain should never become your substitute Messiah. That is, pain should not be your God. 
Mm. Although people will disagree with this statement, this statement is factual, this statement is true. Watch this. You have to remember that you are the one who is in control of how you hurt and how long you hurt, not the other way around. You are the one, I don't care what happened in your life, you are in control of how you hurt and how long you choose to hurt. Pain does not have to have the final say in your life. What you've experienced, whoever did it to you, whatever mistake you've had, whatever you've encountered, you get to determine how you hurt and how long you hurt. Because if you're not careful, you will elevate the pain that you've experienced to the position of Lord in your life. If you're not careful, what will end up happening is pain will govern your decision making. Pain will shape your beliefs. Pain will choose your relationships. I told you before, because you've experienced pain and pain is unprocessed and undealt with, you choose safe people. I'm going to choose that boo or that man or that woman who does not challenge or who does not reveal the insecurities that I have. I need someone who will just make sure you just make my insecurities less of what they are. Pain should never dictate your destiny. Somebody say pain will not be my substitute Messiah, meaning that it takes the position of God in your life. Pain is so present for some of us that it has been elevated and it is in the position of the Lord. The Holy Spirit should be helping you to make decisions, not your pain. The Holy Spirit should be whispering in your ear as you walk to and fro throughout your day, not the pain that you've experienced. The Holy Spirit should help you to make informed decisions on who should be friend, who should be boo, who should be husband, who should be wife, not your pain. Oh, I, 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 I'm going to make it make sense. A part of developing a pain plan is first learning how to break the pain chain. You can't develop a plan for how you deal with your pain if you're unwilling to break the pain chain. What you need to understand is this, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. I've told you that you're going to encounter pain, but you don't have to suffer. See, pain is an experience, but suffering, suffering or, or pain is, 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 is something that you experience, right? But when you suffer, suffering is a mindset. Are y'all getting me? Pain is acknowledging that something hurts, something I, that, that, that hurt me. But suffering is the interpretation of the pain or the, the interpretation of the story you tell yourself about the pain that you've experienced. 
So, so pain is acknowledging that this hurt, but see, when you suffer, it's because you're telling yourself a story of the pain that you've experienced that perhaps is not true, and it causes you to remain in a place that you should not be. Many of us are suffering when you should not be suffering. Pain is optional, or pain is going to happen. Nothing you can, it's unavoidable, but the suffering you're experiencing, you don't have to suffer. Let me tell you this. If you're going to develop a pain plan, how can I say this? You have to learn to forgive invisible people. I've said this before, but it's so good. Louis B. Smeads, uh, he writes this in his book, Forgive and Forget. He teaches us that it, it is absolutely critical that you learn how to forgive invisible people. You can't begin to develop a plan for your pain if you're waiting for the person who calls you pain to realize that they cause you pain and to come around and say, I'm sorry. You have to be your own, I'm sorry. You have to forgive people who have gone on, people who are dead and gone, people who have moved on. Because if you're waiting on some people to apologize, some people to have a revelation that they hurt you and that they're, they're the ones that's wrong, you're going to continue to hurt, you won't heal, and you will have an underdeveloped, an undeveloped purpose in your life. So what you have to do is resolve in your mind and in your heart that I'm going to forgive the person who did not ask for forgiveness so that I can move on with my life and so that I can live the fullness of who God has called me to be. You have to learn to forgive invisible people. If you're going to begin to develop a plan for your pain, you have to be resolved and resolute that I'm not going to wait on someone to come around and tell me that they're sorry or someone to, re to reveal that they re recognize what role they played in what happened with us. Not going to work. The third thing, the, th uh, the third thing, the third thing is this. This is what this is what I, I leave you with. In order to begin to develop a pain plan, you have to learn how to investigate your pain. I know there's so much more that I can give you, but if we were sitting down in a therapy session and we were having honest conversation, I'm going to simply say to you, you have to investigate your pain because nobody else is going to do it for you. When you say investigate your pain, I don't know many or any doctors who are afraid to be around sick people. I don't know any or many firefighters who are afraid to enter into a burning building. I don't know many dentists or any dentist for that matter, who have a problem or who are afraid to, to, to handle a toothache. I don't know many police officers or any that matter who are afraid to investigate a crime. What are you saying? The greatest achievers have an inclination to go after what is causing the problem. The greatest achievers 
don't have a fear, but yes, but yet they have a desire to go after the very thing that is causing the problem. Your greatest firefighter, your greatest scientist, your greatest physician, your greatest police officer, you can keep on going. The greatest achievers have an inclination, a desire to discover what is the problem. This is why if you have a habit of running away from your pain, you will never be able to accomplish your vision. You will never be able to accomplish what God has on your life. If you run away from the pain instead of investigating the pain, meaning I'm going to take the time and discover why I am triggered. Okay, okay, okay. Here's some questions you can ask. What are my triggers? Number one. What is the frequency of the triggers or let me say what is the frequency in which I am triggered number one is what are my triggers number two is what is the frequency in which I am triggered meaning how often am I realizing or discovering that I'm triggered for some of us, you're only triggered about something once a year or very seldom. For the rest of us, you're triggered every day in that relationship. You're triggered every day on your job. You're triggered every day about something with your children, something with your parents, something with something. How often are you triggered? Number three, how long do your triggers last? I want to help you. I want to help you because in order to ultimately get to a place where you can in, you can develop a pain plan, you have to ask these critical questions. What are my triggers? How often am I triggered? How long do my triggers last? And lastly, what is the intensity of the trigger? What do I mean? What do I mean? What do I mean? When you are triggered, how bad is it for some of us you can be triggered and it just takes you a quick moment to kind of regather yourself you know I, I, i'm good just took me a few minutes took me you know a, a little moment for other people when you're triggered everybody has to pay when you're triggered, the relationship is over. When you're triggered, you 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 go into that dating relationship and soon as they say one thing or soon as you look at the tennis shoes and see the tennis shoes are run over or soon as you look at the vehicles, anything can trigger you and you're done with. What is the intensity of the triggers? This is important because if you look at the firefighter, if you look at the scientist, if you look at the physician, in order for them to be who they are, they have to be willing to get to the source. Whatever, whoever you are, including myself. Yeah, it's easy to not be triggered when you're alone. But it's a whole nother thing to be triggered when you're in spaces with other people often. Your purpose cannot be accomplished on an island. Your purpose is going to always include people. And if you can't be around people because of the risk of you being triggered, 
then you are short-circuiting what God has put inside of you. I want to help you on today. Because when you answer these questions, then you can begin putting together a plan for how you address your pain. Because when you are dealing with or putting together a pain plan, what you are simply saying is, this is how I am going to respond when I encounter this pain, this pain, this pain. I'm going to be proactive and not reactive. To put together a plan is to say, I'm going to be deliberate, I'm going to be a good steward, and I'm going to think about my response before I even ever have to respond. But you can't get to develop a, a, de developing a plan if you don't deal and address with the pain that's already present. Ouch. I'm hurting. Or for somebody else, I feel triggered. Lord, we bless you. My God, we thank you for this moment. By the power of your might, we pray that you make our blind spots visible. You have placed purpose on the inside of every person who is under the sound of my voice. And yet, God, there is pain of some magnitude that is also present. Much of our pain is associated with the assignment and some of our pain is because of something that we've encountered. Help us to properly process our pain. And more importantly, God, help us to give you our pain. God, we know that you can heal. We know that you will heal. So for those of us who have not encountered you as healer, be our healer today. Convince us. Give us grace. Walk with us. Allow us to hand over to you the pain that we've experienced in our early childhood. Allow us to hand over to you the pain that was caused by a parent. Allow us to hand over to you the mistakes that we made. Allow us to hand over to you the thing that we continue to crucify ourselves over. Because God, we cannot be who you've called us to be if we continue to hold on to the pain. So God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for walking with us. We bless you on today. Bless and continue to bless Redefine TV, Tanisha and Jerry. Uh, bless this ministry. Continue to be um, with relationships without walls. Lord, you are calling us to turn the world upside down for you. And we thank you for this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, everybody, I hope and pray that this message um, has been impactful for you. If anything was spoken 
that is helpful or has been helpful, what we want you to do is share this with someone. Tag someone. If you're on Instagram, whatever the point is, want you to go ahead and put it in a story, tag us, and share it with someone. You be the evangelist for today. If you have not subscribed to this YouTube channel, if you have not subscribed to Facebook, go ahead and subscribe and follow now because God is doing something absolutely powerful. My brother will be with you not only this weekend, we want you to be uh, here uh, online or in person for the worship service and we also want you to be here present next Thursday um, as my brother will be coming with you and be dealing with another therapy session. We bless you, we thank you for everyone who is giving. If God lays it on your heart, we thank you because we can do ministry. We can help to impact the world because of your generosity. So we thank you in advance for whatever God places on your heart. Uh, We bless you. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful day.